Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Wake Up Late with Dougie show. I am your host, Dougie Almeida, coming to you from Greenville, South Carolina, where I'm blending in. Great show for you today and uh, some great topics. Hope you're doing well and, uh, and, and ready for some entertainment. What do you think about that, huh, kiddos? Anyway, uh, without further ado, let me bring my uh, friend and fellow comedian on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Ahmed Ahmed. What's up? What's up, Ahmed? How are you? Good, buddy. So you're in Cali right now, right? I am. I'm up in uh, <clears throat> I'm up in Palm Desert at the moment. Palm Desert. Yeah, my uh, <clears throat> my buddy owns a home up here that he Airbnbs out to people for a month at a time, and he's a developer, architect. <clears throat> excuse me, kind of sore throat. Um, so I just came up with him to just get out of second properties and I was like, yeah, I'll come with you. Cool. So I know a lot of people, are, a lot of people are doing that, man. They're not even bother buying houses. They're just renting places two, three, four months at a time and then going to another place. You know, it's kind of, kind of like a gypsy like effect. It's not, may not be too, uh, bad of an idea. Yeah. I mean, it just, it seems like right now, if, if you're traveling a lot, Airbnb is kind of the way to go. <clears throat> if you have family and kids that are in school that's probably a different scenario but yeah it'd be yeah. kind of hard to it'd be kind of hard to reinstate you know kids you're gonna you're gonna get out of school this month you're gonna go to a new school it's just halfway across right. the country <laughs> i got a good i got a great airbnb deal you know you'll love <laughs> right. it it's right next to a waterfall right. a waterfall i mean anything that should be a commercial <laughs> that should be a commercial for airbnb uh so aside <laughs> that how you been man you're keeping busy dude you know one of the things i was just talking uh, on another podcast, we were talking about, um, 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 oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Um, one of the football players who's now, a, he's in the pot business. He has a growing, he has his own weed and shit. You know, it's uh, Ricky Williams, your former running back of Ravens and the Dolphins. Yeah. Now he's, he's running in, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, to me, survivability, you know, being able to adapt and handle adversity is what differentiates the, the leader from, uh, you know, just the putts. And during the pandemic and all that shit, you were one of those guys who fucking stuck it together in, in, in California where hardly anything was open, you know, and you figured out a way to bring comedy, you know, and keep people working. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I feel you're definitely one of the hardest working comedians out there right now. <clears throat> just, you know, kind of being your own hustler in this industry and game these days is the way to go. Unless you're a big name comic or you're like a huge TikTok sensation or social media influencer or YouTuber, it pretty much goes like big name comics, you know, social media, YouTubers, and then eight, like if you have an agent, right? Even if right. it's like a mid-level agent, some somebody who's calling on your behalf every day trying to get you booked. You know, agents will make probably, <clears throat> I don't know, 50, 100 emails and phone calls a week, sometimes more for their clients. But if you don't have that, you're forced to kind of just do it on your own. And that's what I know you do. And that's what I do. I'm constantly just pounding the, 
the phones and emails trying to get bookings. I mean, I'll, I'll call or email, you know, say, you know, 50 clubs a week. I might get 10 responses and, you know, two bookings out of it. Right. So being your own salesman is kind of like the, the, you know, way to do it during the pandemic to go back to your point. Yeah. You know, nothing was going on. California was shut down. All the clubs in LA closed. And, um, I mean, I wasn't working the clubs anyway, so it was like, might as well just kickstart my own party. And that's what I did. I found outdoor venues in Venice beach, Huntington beach. Uh, they actually found me the one in Huntington beach and comics were in stock. I mean, everybody was in town doing nothing. So I was, I managed and was able to get, you know, Bill Burr and Tiffany Haddish and yeah. Jeff Ross and Craig Robinson. Yeah. And I mean, the Great list goes names. on and on with, with really big comics who were, were like, yeah, I'll come, I'll come do your show. And so, some of them, they got paid, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Some of them, they got paid, a, you know, more, more, <laughs> so, <laughs> they got paid more, <laughs> it's a little higher, a little bit more, <laughs> but but yeah, it was it was like one of the. But see, now that the the pandemic is not necessarily over, but it's right. You know, things are kind of back to normal again, and a lot of the comics that I was booking during the pandemic are not available now. Um, their agents are blocking them from doing my shows. Um, you know, they're working on movies or TV shows or whatever. So right. I could still get really good comics. They're just not as famous as the ones I mentioned. So it's, it's unfortunately it's hard to sell tickets. If you're, people like to affiliate fame with success. Right. And there is a, there is a sense of success there, but <clears throat> you know, are they funny as the uh, up and coming younger comics or the people that have been in the game a long time? I mean, sometimes no. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. But you know what? The, the, the idea of a showcase, you know, it's like, you know, I produce shows. And for the most part, they're they're a headliner, the traditional opener, you know, an MC middle and a headliner. Um, and but you could see that, you know, because you know when no one had work, everybody I'll, I'll take it, you know, that or get in front of a camera and do a Zoom show, you know. So you're right, and you know, there, there's there's advantages you take advantage of. I lived in Florida, and a lot of my room, my floor, all my rooms are there. So the fact that people are in Florida isn't a bad thing, you know. You got to come to Florida, you know, so you want to do some shows. Yeah. Oh, great, kind of helps that booking out because people say I. You came, done shows. You know, I've had everybody coming to to do shows at one one local yeah. other booker called a pizza hut, a pizza room with a back room or something. Um, and already, a pizza stand with a back room. They referenced our Tavolino's gig, but you know, nevertheless, you do you do it, you which know, was a great know, gig. Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking fun room. But the, the idea of a showcase, like you're right. Like, listen, who who hasn't gone <clears throat> to a show of somebody? Oh, I saw this person on TV. I can't wait to see him. And then they're like, what the fuck? You know this person's not even funny. I don't want to hear about all these stupid stories. You know, uh, that's why I think there's so much talent out there. You know, you could put together a showcase and give somebody like 10 minutes, give like eight com, you know what I mean? Six, seven comics, 10 minutes to just crush. But that's what they do. Like at the, the, the improvs in California, they're not like headline. They're mostly showcase shows. A lot of shows there, right? You know, it depends. The improv, the improv is kind of an exception to the rule because they have a booker that has like their paid regulars that perform there, but then they have independent producers that come in and they'll book like comics that aren't, uh, you know, uh, paid regulars, <clears throat> but headliners, um, 
and they they bring it you know um yeah so it's a lot of independently produced shows there whereas like the comedy store is more like if you're not a paid regular you're not going to perform there i know they do independently produce shows there here and there um laugh factory i'm not quite sure anymore but california is just riddled with outdoor uh comedy shows and um independently produced shows in like off the beaten path venues right um downtown la rooftop outside in somebody's backyard in a compound in venice like it's kind of all over the map and california has the weather that's conducive for that yeah um, you can get away with that so yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's, it's kind of turned into the, into the Wild West these days. Like, you don't really need a comedy club to, although there's some prestige behind it, you don't necessarily need a comedy club to have sustainability in yeah. uh, California. I, I can understand why that irks many comedy club owners, the comedy clubs, you know? Because, I mean, when I got started, that's what I did. You wanted stage time, so we would find a room and have a show there. And some of the other comedy clubs are like, hey, what the fuck? You know, you don't want, I don't appreciate you doing that. I'm like, well, then give me more stage yeah. time. You know, uh, what can I tell you? I need, I'm going to work. And, uh, but you, you know, you look at it from the eyes, you know, I always try to think, I don't always, I know how I think. So whenever I approach a situation that's challenging or to understand, I put myself in the other person's shoes, right? Well, if I have all that money, you know, if the improv is paying 45,000 a month and lease, a monthly lease fee for the building, you know, they're, they're, and people to feed and employees and all that shit. You understand why you don't want their business to be affected. But at the same time, that's what growth is about. You know, comedy, you know, you want to have, if somebody is a TikTok comic book, they are funny, great. They, you know, and even if they do, even if you get a following, I'm like, I don't have any problem. If you have a following, cause I'm, that's what I'm battling for. I'm trying to get a following. Every one of my shows, I'm like, please follow me on Instagram, you know, uh, which works pretty good. I got a few hundred people in the last few months uh, just doing that. But, you know, you need a following. If you have a following, like, you know, Les McGurdy from McGurdy said at one time in the seminar, he's like, look, I don't give a shit who you are. If you could put 500 people in my seats, you're going to get a weekend. <laughs> you know, you're going to, you, you know, you're going to, I'm going to give, I don't care how yep. funny you are. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's what it's about. So, but yeah, I wanted to point that out because, you know, I find like, instead of there's so much shit to gripe about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this is my new me. I'm, I'm, this is the new me. I want to be like a little more positive and, and like, hey, you know, I appreciate the way you're fighting for the comic. <laughs> you? you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Enough. There's enough nonsense going around. Um, but uh, it's good to say. Uh, last time I think we were together was at uh, when we did, we came and did the, the run here in Florida with uh, yeah Blake with you, Blake Barté. Yeah. He shows Miami yeah, and, and you, the off the hook. You were, and, you were. Yep. You were kind enough to uh, let me stay in your house with you and your lovely wife and <clears throat> we hung out we did uh we did a nice little run right we did uh shit i forgot what we did well we did well, off I think the the la yeah i think the last time we were together though you were doing your own you had a lot of shit going on i ended up jumping in on that for a little bit but um yeah there's a well, lot i of think rooms, you're a great it? comic and yeah i think you're a great comic and, a, and a, i consider you a great friend and it's look in our industry it's fun to work with people that you genuinely like there's nothing worse than going on tour or working with a comic that you don't like or who doesn't like you. So now, yeah, because then you're just yeah. faking it. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, hey, oh, hey, you know, it's like, I would rather just surround myself around people that are like minded. We don't have to agree on everything. Right. We don't have to eat or drink the same, you know, food and beverage. We don't have to go to bed at the same time. It's not that kind of uh, party, but. 
you know, I respect your comedy. I respect your hustle. You've always been super nice and hospitable to me. And, <clears throat> you know, how many comics will say, hey, come stay in my house, you know? Uh, yeah. Very few. Very few. Yeah. No, so we, thank you. We, thank we, you we, for that. Oh, man, our pleasure. You know, it's night. And just as uh, I had to put that wall of eggs up between my wall, my wife, that's no joke. <laughs> Don't fuck my daughter. <laughs> Guy wakes up all the jo- You ever hear that joke? Old joke. No. Farmer, traveling salesman comes to a farmer's place. He's he's like, I, 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 there's no hotels. I got nowhere to stay. He's like, well, you can stay in the spare room out there, but I want you to stay away from my hot daughter. And of course, daughter walks out. She's beautiful. So the, the farmer builds a wall of eggs between the, the, the extra room and the daughter's room. He goes, when I wake up tomorrow morning, there better not be one cracked egg in there. So <laughs> the, daughter, the daughter's moaning and groaning like, oh, fuck me. Oh, I'm so wet. And the salesman's like, I can't fucking take it anymore. And he, bra- he breaks through the fucking wall of eggs, fucks the hell out of the daughter, has the aud- was able to fix all the broken eggs, re-glues all the eggs together, puts the wall back together, thinks, oh, my God, I'm going to be safe. The owner, the farmer comes in there with a shotgun. He's like, let's see. Let's ch-. He pulls an egg off the fucking wall, cracks it, nothing in there. Gets another egg, cracks it, nothing in there. <laughs> cracks another egg, nothing in there. He takes a shotgun, the salesman's about to shit his pants. The farmer turns around and shoots the fucking chicken in the fucking off the face of the earth. He says, I told you to stop wearing them condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I've never heard, that. never heard that story. Yeah, well, I'm glad I said it here. Um, you know, <laughs> why not? Because I try to find my... Okay. So, any rate, so part of being on the Wake Up Play with Dougie show, we have some topics. And, um, you know, recently Dave Chappelle's show got canceled in Minnesota. I guess uh, some people that worked uh, for the theater uh, complained and then caused more stuff. So his, his show got canceled. Um, you know, I, I was feeling positive about some of this as, as I've been on the road. I've seen the, the limits or less wokeness. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, I, I just feel like I've, I spoke to some other comics. I think, ah, fuck it. We're going to say what I'm going to say. They don't like it. It's tough shit. But uh, that's a damaging blow to comedy especially to those people that can get a show canceled, you know? I mean, you know, that, that's very telling as to where we are, where we are as a society, specifically in America, when Dave Chappelle, you know, arguably one of the biggest comics on the planet right now, and he's getting shows canceled because the staff doesn't like what he's saying. Look, I understand there's a fine line between you know, being an insult comic and <clears throat> hurting people's feelings as opposed to just, you know, speaking your mind and having a point of view. Um, I think Chappelle's a genius and he's brilliant. Um, I think his storytelling and his approach to comedy is is really slick. Um, you're going to offend. You know, these days people are offended by, by the littlest things, too. Hmm. Not saying that what Cha- not saying Chappelle is being offensive in a little way. I mean, I I get the whole LGBTQ community. I understand the transgender community, or I don't understand it, but I I accept it. <clears throat> but all because you don't like somebody's opinion doesn't make them a bad person. Yeah. And then people say, oh well, he's in, he's inciting hate and he's inciting, you know, um, you know, uh, damage to these people and. And yeah, you know, it's, it's really taking away from the whole idea of, uh, 
creative and um, freedom of speech. And so it's it's uh, it's a you know weird time to be an artist right now. I mean, Chris Rock got slapped by a fellow famous uh, artist right. at the Oscars. Dave Chappelle Chappelle gets tackled on stage. You know. Um, <clears throat> What was the other you incident just, I heard about recently? You just posted on Facebook the guitar player. Uh, I was going to say uh, Tommy Morell, Morella, Tom Morella. Yeah, Tom Tom Morella, who's who's a friend of mine, and we I we just were in Chicago watching Rage Against the Machine. This guy's been in the business, God knows how many years. Um, he's almost sixty years old. It's amazing, what happened Robert. with that though is what what happened with that incident though is if you watch the video very carefully. It looks like the guy who ran on stage was just trying to do a stage dive. Right. And and the security guard mistook him for somebody who was going to assault Tom Morello. And then he, you know, ran to tackle the guy. I guess he missed or slipped or something. And then he kind of bounced tackled. off the guy. Yeah, he kind of bounced off the guy as he ran yeah. towards him and then fell into Tom and knocked right. him over. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But, but to his credit, the security guard's credit, you know, it probably – looked as if he was going to tackle Tom Morello. Who, know, who knows? Are you going to take that chance? You know, come on. And then, no, and then okay. Tom popped back up and he started doing this stuff. <laughs> I was like, you fuck yeah, your, that's my, you guy. had him on your podcast, right? Didn't I, didn't you, didn't, didn't you have him on your I podcast? Did. Yeah. I remember seeing yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. I've known, I've known Tom, gosh, 20 plus years. He's a great guy. Smart guy. Again, again awesome a survivor, musician. like a survivor play with, uh, I think now he found his niche. You know, on, on satellite radio, he has all the channels and the shit he yep. does on that. You know, to me yeah. as a musician, uh, as a guitar player, I'm not, I used to play when I was younger. Uh, but the shit, the noises, the sounds, he's he's originated out of that guitar. I mean, you know, because I, you know, you think about that. We're talking about comedy and levels of talent, right? Um, but when you think about a musician, sometimes, you know, you okay, you can have somebody that can play the scales on a guitar. Oh my God, they're you know amazing. They're 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 flawless. Like you play flamenco guitar. <clears throat> You know, really, you know, and this kind of shit. But then you get a guy like Tom Morello who can make the guitar make a sound. They're like, "What the fuck was that? Is that an alien ship?" Yeah. You know, you're like, you know he's, what I'm saying? It's he's just, more of a, t yeah. He he's more. He he even said it on my podcast, and he'll he'll admit it. He he's more of a of a technician. Yeah. Uh, he even said like like his son Roman has has an a, a, an instinct and an ear for for music, whereas Tom. He comes from a very kind of mechanical place. And it's mm. funny because like DJs are stealing his sounds. It used to be you steal the sound of a DJ. Now DJs are stealing his guitar riffs and sounds and yeah. shit like that. So no, he's he's way ahead of his time. Even Rage Against the Machine. I mean, they're selling out 20, 30, 40,000 seat, you know, arenas now. And they, they've been broken up for yeah. <laughs> what, 15 years. Yeah, it's at least yeah, but if you listen to the now. lyrics, but if you listen to the timeless. lyrics of their songs, and it's timeless. It's the way ahead of its time, actually. So yeah, yeah, I, I was, well, I was really moved to see them in Chicago and watch how yeah. just electrified the audience was. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that that's staying power, right? I mean, it, 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 you're right. It's relevant. It's like you know, great bands, you know, like Led Zeppelin. I mean, you can still listen to a band like Led Zeppelin and like, oh, you know. Uh, and stuff like that, but you know, I, I just like pardon that out, and of course, uh, you know, put in a good word for me. Um, 
Uh, speaking speaking of musicians, would you pay forty five hundred dollars to see Bruce Springsteen? No, no. Would there be nope. any? <clears throat> would there be any any musician, Beethoven, anybody who's dead that you like that? Because that you know, would you like to see you know like maybe Eddie Eddie. Uh, Freddie Mercury come back and sing with Prince or sing with Prince. That would be a fucking concert. Not for, uh, Prince not for 4,500 bucks. Yeah. You know, amazing, you know? Uh, but that was the question. Those that's what the tickets are going for to see Bruce Springsteen. Um, I mean, he's worth uh, it. He's just not worth it for me. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So you if know, you had, I, I think if you had, I, I think, I think a lot of these musicians that, that are charging high ticket prices, they deserve it. They've been around, you know, how many, God knows how many years playing all over the world, putting out, you know, uh, album after album, winning yeah. A, a awards. Yeah. I mean, but me personally, would I pay $4,500 to go watch somebody perform live? No, I'd rather go feed a small country with that money. I was just gonna, <laughs> I was going to say, as opposed to that, in lieu of that, what would you like to do? Like, like, in other words, I won't do this, but this is what I'll do with my $4,500. You know, yeah, I, I would go, I would go, you know, I'd give it to some sort of charity or some sort of cause. I would, you know, try to feed the homeless or, or you know, starving kids. To me, mm -hmm. it just seems kind of gluttonous to go pay that much money when other people around the world are literally starving. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, again, hey, if you make that kind of money and you, you want to spend that kind of money, that's on you. So be it. Well, the, in, in getting us back to where we started this as comics and now as business people, right? You know, the idea of a door deal, you know, people say, let's talk about a door deal and people are like, oh, okay, which basically puts the onus of responsibility on the comic of getting people there because that, that's when you're taking full responsibility of making sure the room's filled, right? And you're trying to get your honest cut of the business. Uh, I think it's an honest way to do it. So if you have the following to do it, and I, I was just going over this with somebody's book and shows, I go, you know, if you charge 10 bucks a person, you're going to get a certain quality of people. If you charge 20 bucks a person, you're going to get a different class of people. They have to figure out what between about filling the room and the price and the economics of it. Right. But if you have a, if you have a 200 seater and you get $10, that's two grand. Right. And if you get 20, that's four grand. So that's a, that's a, that's a big difference, you know, in, in the essence of it, because as a comic, let's say you're putting a show together, you go from $2,000 that one night to getting 4,000, let's say, because you know, you're going to sell it. Now you can say, okay, who am I opening acts going to be? How am I going to pay them? You know, what kind of food, where we, what hotel, if it's part of the hotel, what, you know, now you have a little bit, you know, all because yeah. you, all because of, all because of something that you wouldn't think is that big of a deal. The difference between 10 bucks a ticket and 20 bucks a ticket. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's half the, you know, income or double and depending on how many expenses you have, then <clears throat> you just kind of have to weigh your options, you know, yeah. that, that's why you'll see a uh, lot of comics, a lot of headliner comics, won't bring a lot of opening acts because they got to pay everybody you know typically a, a headlining comic will bring like if you're not a household name you're going to bring maybe one opening act or the club will pay them you know a feature fee which is a 100 bucks or whatever plus food but uh you know then you have like guys like Chappelle. going back to Chappelle, he does dave Chappelle and friends he always has at least half a dozen comics on his shows it seems like right but and you can do you know kevin hart he does the same thing he is the um uh shit whatever is plastic cup boys yeah he has like yeah. yeah he has like four or five comics that open for him 
and they're each probably doing you know 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever but you know see it's it's i come from the school of like <clears throat> wanting to help out not necessarily help out but include up and coming comics um because you never know how much they're going to add value to your show and you never know where they're going to go like a lot of comics that used to open for me are big stars right now right it's kind of you know interesting how how (laughs) hollywood and the industry grappled on to these young comics and then you kind of ask yourself what the fuck did i do wrong or who did i piss off or maybe i'm not i'm not that maybe i'm not that funny or maybe i i missed a step or i insulted somebody or whatever i had a i had a comedy club owner tell me he didn't want to book me anymore because i was doing crowd work i guess um he said i was doing too much crowd work and um but i was getting laughs but it's like right all right so like if as long as i'm getting laughs it doesn't matter what i'm saying or doing as long as i'm getting laughs right isn't that the whole point of it yeah that is that is a weird thing you know crowd work and uh I was just talking about crowd work because the, the the stuff I'm putting on social media is mostly crowd work. So people can't just steal it because it's just crowd work, um, you know, for those yeah. types of bits. But it's amazing. I know as an opening act, for, you know, you don't want to do much crowd work in front of the headliner because if the headliner wants to do it, you got to leave it up to them um, or at least explain, you know, hey, do you mind if I do the crowd work I do, you know, um, and, and stuff like that. It's weird how clubs, you know, like bookers, like. I've had that in the past where they did they, because they, they want to see, especially when you're coming out and auditioning to me, that's the only time I've ever felt is like, if you're auditioning that don't come out and do 30 minutes of crowd work, you know? Uh, but if you're good at it, man, if you're good at it, <laughs> you know, it just pisses off the comics who don't, how many comics do you know that are working on crowd work and just like, look, man, you'd have an easier time, you know, climbing Mount Everest than you will ever have fucking being good at crowd work. <laughs> you know. I used to I mean, have I used to have comics at the comedy store uh, complain about me <clears throat> that I did too much crowd work, and it's like first of all it's the fucking comedy store, and Mitzi Shore always prided herself on booking comics who you know funny's funny it doesn't matter what you're doing, um, but comics who can't do crowd work they don't they're not like witty or quick enough, they they get um, uh, intimidated by comics who are quick on their feet. I'm not a good joke writer. I'm not a good, I think I'm a pretty good storyteller. I, I think I'm a pretty good comedian, but I think I'm really, really great at crowd work. I always pride myself on that. You've seen me do it a thousand times. And I think yeah. that's just a lot more fun than doing jokes that you've been doing yeah. over and over. I was just at the Denver yeah. uh, Comedy Works a couple weeks ago and I did five shows and I was doing awesome room. I was doing 45 minute sets but I was doing like 20, 25 minutes of crowd work and it came across cause you know, the crowd's like right up on you and yeah. it's a very intimate ceiling, kind of vibe. Intimate, and that's, the, yeah. and that's the best place to try and do crowd work. Cause everybody's kind of in on it. But, um, a lot of comics, you know, if you're working with them, especially if a headliner has to follow you, they always say, Oh, you know, don't do any crowd work. It's like, well, then why don't you go do comedy in a closet, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had, I've had that told to me, you know, before. And I've been like, um, well, why don't you just pay attention and tag it? You know I mean? Cause I don't like, I don't care. Like I've never said to anybody when I headline, if they've done crowd work, I say, Hey, you do a lot of crowd work, but I won't tell them not to do crowd work. 
because I watch the show and that's just, that's just data. That's just information. Well, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're able, you're able, you're able to witness what people are laughing at. <clears throat> so by yeah. sitting in the back of the room and watching what people are actually laughing at gives yeah. you the barometer and the data to go up and, and try to, you know, skate around that or, or, or navigate in, in and around it. I mean, when I was at the comedy store, when I was first starting out, I would follow on any given night, Eddie Griffin, Joe Rogan, Carlos Mencia, Andrew Dice Clay, Louis CK. Like I was following some of the biggest comics in the world back then, but I never like, I'd never, it never like, I was just kind of fearless with it. I was like, all right, well, they have yeah. their point of view and I have mine. So I don't care what the fuck they say, you know? And, and it's just yeah. become kind of like a trademark for me that I just like going up there, experimenting, having fun. It doesn't always work. I'm not, I'm not that right. great at it, but I think I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's the fear of most uh, comedy club owners because you're right. When it comes to crowd work, it can either go incredibly well or sometimes it can be, go horribly wrong. Uh, it has that aspect uh -huh. of risk in it. So, you know, again, for, when you have the skin in the game, I guess that's why they get a little pissed. But, you know, but, but the, yeah. like you said, there's, I, you know, I go, <laughs> I, I was, uh, have here in South Carolina, Greenville area, a lot of great young comics and they want to work on it. I'm like, look, don't force it. You know, crowd work has to happen. You know, anybody, anybody who I've seen who's done great choir like you and, you know, it's, it happens. It's not like, you know, like you're like trying, I'm going to, where are you from? You know, you're not pushing it. It's usually something that you feel, you feel from the audience and you and you look down and you say something and boom, it's just, it's just. You know, like I just posted something on my TikTok at Funny Fiduciary, and of course my Instagram at Dougie Dangerous. I asked, you know, some woman. I I, I go, uh, I I said, oh, I love weed. You know, I love coming out here to, to to this part of the country where it's legal. And she goes, Welcome to Oregon. And we were in Washington State at the time, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, uh, We're in fucking Oregon, lady. Have another edible. You know what I mean? Um, but that's you know you can't write. You know what I mean? That's funny as shit. You know, you, you can now. I got to spend at least two minutes with this person. You know what I mean? You can't just let sure. that go. So, uh, it, it just, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And it, and like saying, if you are a comic who gets mad at somebody who does uh, crowd work before you just get better, just get better. Um, yeah. you know, be better, be better as my muscle friend. Who's like 50 something years old. He keeps posting stuff on Facebook. Look at me, look at me. I go, yeah, but you didn't have pizza like I did last night. You didn't have that. Cheesecake. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about that. Um, Oh, this is a funny story. I, I posted this in the, in, the, in the outline I sent, but Tony Dow, for those of you who don't know who Tony Dow was, I don't know if you were, you grew up in the States, you didn't, but there was a show called Leave It to Beaver. You know, mm -hmm. ever see that TV he show? Passed away Leave It to Beaver, today, right? Well, that's the interesting thing. He didn't. He's in hospice. He's like, I'm not dead. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I'm not dead. Oh, okay. Yes, you are. It's, it's all, like a it's fucking all Monty Python. He's, he's yeah. died. They just, they just posted that he's actually in hospice that the, the publicist says he's not dead yet. So if, if you, if you guys want to bring back a, a leave it to beaver sequel, you know, or, or, you know, <laughs> he he's still, he's still available uh, for a few hours. Um, but yeah, it's amazing, <laughs> you know, how that, that shit, um, uh, happens. Um, I don't know if you heard the other news, uh, Nancy Pelosi is going to be visiting Taiwan. You spent time in Asia and Malaysia and those areas, yeah. but this is the, um, mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, you know, you know what's going on between China and Taiwan. China is basically suggesting they're they have a sovereign right to the island. And um, Taiwanese are going, fuck you. And, um, you know, 
Now, Nancy Pelosi uh, wants to go. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go to Taiwan. She wants to go to Taiwan. And um, China says, you come here and we're going to fuck things up. Should uh, Nancy Pelosi go to Taiwan? Man. I mean, what is what is she going to accomplish? Not, not to be like a not to be a downer on it, but it's like everybody wants to be a hero. <clears throat> and, you know, what is she going to do that's going to change the mind or minds of of the Chinese or the Taiwanese for that matter? So it's like, you know, unless like an invasion happens and there's some sort of, you know, radical movement, that's a different case. But, you know, is she going to go over there and play diplomat and really help the cause? I don't think so. Well, here's the problem now. Now that uh, she announced she was going to go there, it legitimizes the Taiwanese government. So if we're going to be an ally of them, it's that's what they'd say has benefited. And what they should do is not only her being a Democrat, she should take, let's say, maybe McCarthy with her, the Republican minor you know, leader in the House, uh, take them and be like show unity. Like, hey, we're we're here. You know what I mean? Because it's only a matter of time before Taiwan is invaded by China. They're 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 already showing they're going to do it. Um, so. But it's interesting because now what happens is now, you know, now, if, now if they don't go, it's like you just caught now, you, now you're a pussy, you know, now America, now they have to go. You have, she has to go like not, you know, otherwise, you know, the Chinese are going to, you know, anyway, that's a little bit of our global macro part of the show, everybody. <laughs> you're right. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, show you this. I've learned to stay away from politics. Yeah. Well, I wish I did too. Uh, I, I kind of stop and every once in a while I come out and then a comedy club owner unfriends you on Facebook. You're like, fuck, um, you know, God damn it. But, uh, nevertheless, here's an interesting, on the tend our topic section, uh, section of the show. Uh, I wanted to share this video with you, uh, a heroic moment, which, uh, which is also, as you watch the video, okay, here, now here's a baby. I don't know if, we, if the baby crawls out or is being placed out the window. Speaking of China, baby falls, huh, lands on a fucking umbrella or something. Look at it. The baby's amazing strength. And it falls and somebody catches. Look at the kid. You can't see it, but the people caught him. Look at him. Caught the baby. Baby's still fine for falling four flights. And this guy caught you after one flight. Uh, I don't know. Do you think the baby was pushed out the window? Maybe it was a girl. The Chinese was Chinese family was like, we want a boy. <laughs> they pushed him out the window. I mean, um, I don't know. It's hard. to. It's really kind of hard to tell because the, the video is too... <clears throat> like pixelized or unpixelized, yeah. I guess is the word or pixelized. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. tell. Um, who knows? You know, they left the window open the baby crawled out. Like, I don't know. I fell off of yeah. <clears throat> when I was a couple months old, my mom told me this. I don't remember. I fell off a uh, two story balcony and landed on the concrete and survived. Wow. But my mom had the window open. I crawled out and slipped through the crack, through the iron, rods or whatever yeah. and i literally fell to i that wasn't four stories like that super baby but <clears throat> i i think well, two ba ba babies have because their their bones are so fresh and nimble i think they they can recover a lot quicker than adults absolutely you're right dr ahmed the baby at that at the early stage is a year or two old they're probably Anytime. a little younger they're Anytime. most of their most of their most of their bot their bone their skeletal structure is still cartilage it's not the brittleness of right. white bone. It's usually more like cartilage. That's why you probably bounced like a basketball that day. You probably won't remember I that did. because you had severe. You probably bounced. <laughs> See, that's why you. That's why you bounce back all the time. See what your mother did. 
your family allowed you to have that personality, Ahmed, where you bounce back because you learned how to bounce back at an early age. Well, I think that's the earth. I think that's how I got into stand-up comedy. Yeah. I, I hit my head on the ground so hard it just made me go, dang, I'm funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's a great business to be in. Um, all right. All right. Well, that being said, it's time for the news as a joke. Here's where we go over some of the news stories from around the world, and we make fun of them because sometimes they're just there's nothing else to do but make fun of them. But um, here's a story. Trans woman now in men's prison after impregnating two women. This young lad says, I identify as a woman, then whipped his dick out and made two women pregnant. I would say he's a man. Um, and the prison said, you know what? Let's send him to a male prison where... He'll also be having sex, but we're guessing he'll no longer be a top. Um, I know you don't want to get into these stories much, Ahmed, but are, it, you think it was no, a good idea? No, I mean, for, I think, uh, well, for, first of all, and look, I don't, I don't want to, it's a touchy topic, so I want to tread carefully. Thank you, Ben. But, Move the story. But I, I think, uh, I think, I think, you know, pick a lane. If you're going to, you know, be a woman, be a woman. If you're going to be a man, be a man. <clears throat> but um, I guess my, my question is the two women that got pregnant by the trans woman, like what the fuck were they thinking? Like they're just as guilty. So, um, yeah. and you know, was it, do they put the trans woman in a male prison or do they put her, him slash him, they in protective custody, you know, prison politics is, is very, it's a very yeah. de like you know layered and, and uh, delicate topic. So I don't know. I don't even know what, what state was that in. Um, let me go back to the story. But here's an interesting part of the story. Although he did get two of the women in the pres in the uh, prison pregnant, he did no crowd work. So he was considered a <laughs> a good inmate. Um, um because each, each state new has, jersey has, was, have their own it was in new jersey yeah, each each state has their own sort of rules and jurisdictions and what they <clears throat> what applies yeah. and doesn't apply so i don't i don't know i don't know the prison politics on that so i don't want to mm -hmm. comment too hard but but i guess you know the women that got pregnant you know they were in on it so yeah well i mean well, it, it doesn't they, say that it doesn't say that they raped he raped or she raped them, right? Yeah, you know, it was consensual. Yeah, it was definitely consensual. Which yeah. is that's usually, you know, when you have consensual sex in a prison. You know, if a tree falls in the woods, does anybody hear it? Um, all right, let's move on to our next story. Chess playing robot breaks boy's finger in Moscow during the middle of a tournament. Is this the beginning of Skynet takeover? Yeah, I mean. Now, just a, just a little more on the story. Robots, <laughs> if you're going to fuck with robots, just understand there might be consequences. Yes. Yeah. You, you can't go to the robot. Why'd you do that? Um, you know, there's no why. Right. Uh, yeah, robot has no feelings. But this is a young uh, Sergei Lazarev said an incident occurred in Moscow's chess. The, the robot broke the boy's finger. Now, the boy was like taunting the robot. You know, he was in Russian. He was saying, you know, what it means, uh, you rusty bolt, unknowing dumbass. Um, but he, he was trying to rush the robot after each move, and the robot basically broke his fucking finger, grabbed his hand, and I mean that was amazing. You know what I mean? Um, which I don't know. Which I don't know if this is going to affect that the sex robots. I don't know if you ever seen any of those real like 
those fake robots now, they're the women's sex dolls that look real and everything. People oh. are marrying them and everything. Marrying when you go to when you go to a wedding, uh, when a guy your buddy's marrying a robot or like a, a sex doll, you know you want to make sure you sit on the right side of the church, you know because you, the people are going to be sitting on one side and the farm equipment and the the vacuum cleaners <laughs> and the fucking uh, I robots on the other side. Yeah, it's trying just trying to make it funny, um, but yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, I don't yeah, really have so. a comment on that because I I think <clears throat> technology is taking over, and uh, you know, if you're gonna you remember hearing fuck this, around you remember hearing this, then, you remember hearing the story about the guy who worked at Google who got released or suspended from the company for a while because he said their their um, their artificial intelligence like IBM has Watson, all these major companies have their own version that they're developing of artificial intelligence, a sentient sentient type being. And uh, the thing became uh, aware of itself because he says, what would happen if you turned me off? I wouldn't like that. That fucking thing told the guy that. Like, I wouldn't like you to turn me yeah, off. Yeah, I mean, they make, they make movies about it. Wasn't iRobot kind of about that? Yeah. There's been a yeah. couple movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Art imitating life, life imitating art. That's right. Uh, I, I just think it's a matter of time before aliens land, um, to be honest with you. They're already here. Uh, yeah, you you believe that school of thought? You think they've come here and they've been, they've already been with us for for generations? I am a bit of a conspiracy theorist when it comes to that, and I I believe they're already walking amongst us. Oh yeah, or living yeah, amongst I us. I, yeah. You believe in like um, what do they call them? Um, shapeshifters. There's there's the ones that are like shapeshifters, <coughs> lizards. Yeah, uh, yeah, rept- reptilians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm all for. I believe. I believe it. Uh, is this the one? Okay. Here's a story. Speaking of space, astronauts are warned not to masturbate in space as it could cause other women on the space station to get pregnant. I mean, I don't know if you ever like how had does sex that in a pool. happen? Well, because you're in, you're in, you're in no gravity, right? You're in, uh, what is it? Zero gravity. So, you know, usually on earth, if you, if you have an orgasm, it lands somewhere, hopefully a towel or a tissue well-placed. But it, but if you're in but if you're out in space, you know it's kind of like if you make love in the pool that goes everywhere. You know you don't know where that thing goes. It looks like a jellyfish squad coming. You know, yeah, I mean, don't these um, space shuttles have like cameras that are rigged around the whole fucking? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we seem uh, to have we seem to have, an, we, we seem to have an unidentified object floating through the space capsule. <laughs> Who's been jerking? Off? No, but I'm saying I'm saying isn't isn't each isn't each room rigged with cameras so so NASA can see what the fuck everybody's doing? Well, yeah, you would write. Is there a room? Is there is there? A I guess I guess room? unless 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 there, you go to the bathroom. Like, how does that work? How do you how do you how do you go to the bathroom on a spaceship? Not a spaceship. Yeah, and, uh, a, uh, what do you call it? A, a rocket or whatever. Yeah, like a like a like a space, space lab, fuselage. space station. Yeah, yeah I mean. You know, listen, first of all, why can't the astronaut masturbate in his own private quarters as long as he's got the door shut? I mean, you know, it's like it's going to float out, you know, but I guess they're saying even, I don't know, with the air system, maybe the sperm and the, and the women could be. And then, and then what's the likelihood of the women being naked? You know, or just are people walking around the space station naked? Is that what's happening up in space? Is what our tax dollars are bringing? Just nude orgies up there? <laughs> And it's and it's odd that the Russians won't want to do. And the Russians just announced they don't want to. They're not going to have anything to do with the space station anymore. They're not partnering with us anymore. Dunsky, we're Dunsky. 
So yeah. Done. So if you're ever in space, Ahmed, if you're ever in space, please keep it in your pants. I'll do my best. Somebody. Yeah. Um, doctors in Egypt, you're familiar with Egypt, uh, extract mobile phone from patient's stomach. I mean, <clears throat> I'm curious as to know what, like who the patient is. Did mm -hmm. he or she, was it a woman or a man? Uh, doctors in Egypt removed a mobile phone from the stomach of a patient who swallowed the device several months ago. Mm, doctors carried x-ray. Tell us if it's a man or woman. It could have been somebody, it could have been somebody that was like being arrested or prosecuted for something and they had evidence in their phone so they swallowed it i don't know mm. they have pictures of hunter biden I mean, smoking crack it didn't look like a big phone it looked like a pretty small like flip phone right yeah it, yeah it's, it's definitely it's it's definitely not a razor or one of the old phones but it's one <laughs> of those things you know what i mean like you're right like maybe the guy's like talking to maybe the guy's on the phone he keeps getting calls from like you know from like phone solicitors stop calling me Stop calling me. Stop. I, you know what? You ain't calling me again. He just fucking shoved it down his throat. What kind of what kind of what kind of accent was that? I don't know. It was, it was my attempt at some sort of fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not Russell Peters over here, dude. I'm not gonna. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna be giving you the fucking perfect dialect. But um, but yeah. I mean, the you know, he has ex girlfriend. His wife kept calling. He's at the strip club. He's trying. He's trying to look at some Bangladesh pussy. I don't know. And he and he wants to have some fun. She keeps calling me. So he eats the fucking phone. Um. Which is interesting because it's one thing to swallow a phone and try to explain what you're going to do with that. But I think we have a story from the other show we got at Ben. Here's a man in India who uh, had a hard time telling his wife why he wasn't feeling too hungry and was a bit constipated. He forgot to tell his wife that he shoved a bottle up his ass. <laughs> and fucking. Yeah. That's intense. Now, you know, uh, we actually did this story on my buddy's podcast, and he had a great point. He said, if you're ever going to, guys, I get it. Everybody's, everybody's freaky. Everybody has their own thing. And I'm out here to tell you what to do and not do. <clears throat> but if you're going to shove something up your ass, you may want to tie a string to it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Right? You should have, you have a, a plan, like an exit strategy. You know, some people call that an exit strategy. <laughs> Um, I call it a removal strategy, but um, you're not into putting shit up your ass, are you, Ahmed? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Not a problem for me. I, I, you know, I don't need that. Some of my single friends tell me oh, that's the big move girls do now. There's a comic I was working with that says, yeah, man, you, girls today, because he's single, he's like 27. That's the first thing they do. They start, you know, going a little smoke them slow on you. And then they, they, they got to go and they, they got to try to put the finger up there. Like, what is this, a contest? Just, you guys trying to see how many guys you can peg? Um, any rate. <laughs> I love this story. You, are you still single? You don't have a, you haven't found a loved one yet, Ahmed? Uh, no, yeah, that's correct. I'm still single. Good. Good for I you. I think I'll be single for a while. We'll see. Really? I'm not, now, really, because... I'm not really in the market. Yeah, you, you, is it that you're disheartened with the availability of certain women, or you just figure you're just it's just you and you don't want to bother? Uh, I'm just like <clears throat> it seems like for me personally, as I'm getting older, it seems like it's a lot more work 
to have a girlfriend or a wife. Like, it's just a lot. And um, call me selfish. I just, uh, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't met the, the right one. So we'll see. This, this story, you know, the saga continues. Well, I heard you can meet, uh, meet nice women in prison. Um, here's a great story. <laughs> woman, woman sues man for $10,000 after a bad date. Unloads on the judge during the hearing even. Yeah, Michigan I mean, woman. how bad was the date? Well, I, th- I think he didn't even show yeah. up. Like a uh, woman, let's see, the lawsuit transferred out of court. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Kashante, uh, what's her name? Kashante from Michigan uh, filed a suit against Richard Jordan. Let's call him Dick. Back in 22, accusing him of inten- uh, intentional infliction of emotional distress caused by the date. I don't think I've ever been on a date that cost me $10,000. I mean, maybe I mean, he probably... said something insulting to her. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Did she win the lawsuit? You, you, no. Uh, she, she even tried to she, she even tried to correct the judge. I, I love these fucking Google genius. I love when people said, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He's a fucking judge. I think he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Um, during the, <laughs> the pair's 10-minute virtual hearing with Judge Herman, uh, Markable Jr. in Flint, Michigan. Jordan remained re- relatively quiet aside from speaking on how the case was a waste of the court's time. Judge Marable Jr. seemed to agree with him and questioned whether Short was in a proper courtroom to handle the case. Maybe you should go to the courtroom of social media. Uh, she argued that she was and accused Jordan of committing perjury as a result of misleading statement. He put on a document filed on the judge. So now she's, she's determining if evidence is uh, uh, good or bad. Um, that might be why you, that might be why you're not going to get married. Ahmed. I mean, you know, I, I got, got for any reason I was happen to be single. I don't, I don't think I'd ever marry again. There is no way. I don't think I'd ever, you know what I mean? Cause you know, everybody says you want to have somebody around to help you when you're older and you'd be a partner with and take care of each other and shit. But look, I'm hoping I have enough money to pay somebody to do it. You know what I mean? I feel the same way. About <laughs> it's not a for everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, you know, you get, you don't, you know, you gotta, you want to pay for something, you pay for it, get it over with. So, um, all right. Yep. Here's a story. Man pulls gun on woman who didn't thank him for holding the door open. <laughs> I'm a gentleman, bitch. Yeah. I mean, I have a I friend mean, of mine that hates that. In other words, he holds the door open for people. If they don't say thank you or gesture to him, he, he turns into a fucking like, bipolar asshole and shuts the door. Oh, fuck you then. I'm like, well, are you doing this for wreck? Are you, that's an act. That's an unconditional act. You're doing it because you're kind, right? You're a gentleman. That's you're doing. You're not doing it because you expect something from it. You're doing it because that's what you expect of yourself. Right. Isn't that why you do? Well, nice chivalry, chivalry is not dead with this guy, but <clears throat> I will say this. If I open the door for somebody, if they don't say thank you, all I do, all I do is say, uh, you're welcome. And they always turn yeah. around and go, oh, uh, you're welcome. Uh, thank you. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't hold it open as much as I used to because a lot of people just assume that you work at the fucking place and you're going to yeah. open the door. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and sometimes, and then, and then you feel, I feel bad when somebody's holding the door for me and my fat ass is walking, you know, I'm like, oh fuck, you're going to make me hurry up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got to fucking <laughs> pick up the pace, you know? Like, thanks for the cardio workout, buddy. Um, yeah. 
you know, I, but that's it. Like I, you know, I've, I, I've tried the last week or so I've been on the road. People did it for me. I did it for them. It's just, you just do it. You know what I mean? Uh, but I get it. You know, sometimes if you're usually, if you're uptight and you're single and not getting laid a lot, you're not married, then you'll say fucking, hey, you're welcome. Like, I'm like kidding. Just busting your balls. You're probably getting laid a lot more than I am right now. Um, <laughs> to be honest, not true. It's been a while. No? <laughs> not true. Hmm. No. Um, are women in California different? In other words, is there a lot more, um, uh, is it, is it good attitude, bad attitude? What is it? Uh, I don't know. I, I think California specifically Los Angeles, because you're kind of in this bubble of like <clears throat> delusional make believe everybody mm-hmm. wants to be a f- supermodel or a influencer but what i'm realizing is it's it's kind of been this like global phenomenon sensation where every woman needs a filter on their pictures every woman wants to be adored every woman you know and, and rightfully so like women you know we can't live with them we can't live without them but i think that la for some reason has a little bit more of a superficiality around it yeah um and yeah. materialism around it but then you look at like miami you look at dubai you mm. look at uh you know there are parts in like texas where i've been to where like <clears throat> women just they're, they're very much about you know what kind of makeup are they wearing how expensive was your purse who you know you're gonna take me out to dinner and pay for it uh there, there seems to be a uh, <clears throat> I feel like the, the pendulum swung a little, a little bit with with how mm-hmm. men and women, you know, and then men, men were just as guilty because we we glorify it and we we embrace it and we we enable it, um, and then that's where you know disagreements happen, that's where arguments happen, that's where divorce happens. A woman might want something that a man doesn't want, and vice versa. And you just you you just disagree and you disagree, but yeah, California, L- L.A. in general, it's definitely a hard town to date in. Like I've yeah, I've messed around with these dating apps and I've met women out and about, and nobody says hi in Los Angeles. Almost almost never. Like you can walk by somebody, you know, hey neighbor, hi, you know, unless you know the person. Typically, strangers aren't going to smile back or really say hi back. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I, I find that sh- different in other states. I yeah. find like diff- well, different definitely... in like. Well, I was gonna say it's different. I was gonna like, say since like we... the... South. I was saying we Go moved ahead. to South Carolina. Everybody says hi. You're everybody. Hey, yeah. you're driving your car, but hey, your neighbors all look. Hey, yeah. what's up? You know. Yeah. You're right. I agree with that. There, 100%, there especially... are pockets. There are pockets of California and, L- and LA that have that, but it's really rare. I think people get nervous of starting up a conversation uh with a stranger yeah you know because every, everybody's thinking about their day their schedule i gotta be at this place at this time i gotta pick up my kids at this place i gotta be at this appointment so there's there's a sense of like oh if i say hi to this person they they either want something from me or they want to have a conversation yeah and it goes nowhere then you just wasted 10 you know 15 minutes of your day so I don't know what it is, but I think it's it's about the materialism. Um, you know, we're also by the beach. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a it's a we're, we're by the ocean, so a lot of people 
<clears throat> don't have time to stop and say hi by the beach. They're rollerblading, riding their bikes, surfing, mm. you know, scooters, yeah. whatever the case. Or they got water on the brain. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the things I did notice a, a lot with people uh, of all types uh, in the, in our current society, it's something you just said. Like people like are in their mind are thinking like pre preemptively thinking what something could be or will be. In other words, why is this person asking me this? Why would I do this? Uh, and they, and instead of <clears throat> that keeps them from action. Like, you know what I mean? It's like how many times are you having a conversation? You've say something like, why did you say that? Did you say that because of this? I'm like, you know, like, why don't you let, why don't you try to really like, in other words, people's comprehension skills. It's like, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a major issue between what people hear and what their mind inside their inner voice is telling them they're hearing. And it's like this conflict instead of just adapting and trusting, right? I think it's a lack of trust, uh, all kinds of these types of things that keep people from like, why would you, why did you say that? You, I think you said that I, you said to me was this, I love when people tell me, no, you said this to me. I'm like, did bitch, you're going to tell me what the fuck I said. You know what I mean? I know what I said. I'm the one who originated the thought. You know what I'm saying? I originated the thought. I spoke it. You know what I mean? There's a reason I say things, you know, I got into a discussion with somebody recently and they're like, well, you said that. I go, no, I know what I said. And they're like, well, I go, listen, I don't just say things. Will I don't, you know, I don't just, I'm not reading a teleprompter somebody else provided. You know, I'm saying the things that I'm planning on trying to fucking, I know the normal culture of what I'm trying to say. You know, don't tell me what I'm saying. Your interpretation is completely fucking off. And, and they question you, the author. They're questioning the author. It's like going up, you know, to the wall, you know, reading the Walden and going to Thoreau. You didn't say that. So I'm just saying, a little frustrated. <clears throat> well, it also, I think it also has to do with um, what's going on with that person. What's going on with them that day what's going on yeah. with them that week, that month in their, in their life, what happened in their childhood. So I try to give people the benefit of the doubt because you just never know what's going on in somebody's mind, yeah. you know? Well, it, so if I say hi to somebody, they don't say hi back. I don't, I don't get offended or insulted. I just go, oh, all right, well, they don't want to say hi back. So this is what yeah. it is. Yeah. And that's the thing you should do. Who knows? Whatever it is you think it is, there's probably a million other reasons. Uh, that's why that happened. Yep. But I want to know is how somebody yeah. who works at the Weather Channel put this thing out. But this is, we're going to, you know, then I think we, if we can watch the video of this, but a racial slur was broadcast on the Weather Channel. This is a great story. I mean, again, the Weather Channel. Yeah, um, I saw that. <laughs> um, I think, and it's, we, so we don't got the video queued on, huh, Ben. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, but basically it said, you know, it's, it's I think, and, and forgive me, I'm only going to say this because this isn't TV and I can, but it's like same day. Uh, I think it said something like the same day niggas or something like that. I don't remember, but it, you know who you're you, at the weather channel, you know, somebody had a scene that like, hey, did anybody look this thing over? <laughs> they're going to, that they're going to put the expression, my niggas on there. I mean, there's like, the, there's these clothing companies, right. That had said the smartest monkey in the barrel and they put it on a young black kids, you know, wear the shirt. I mean, you know, the, the people just don't think it's just so fucked up. I don't know. Somebody yeah, I don't know. Is gonna so, be like, sometimes, well, no, some, you know, things like that sometimes will just slip through the cracks. So it, it could have been an intern. It could have been somebody who hacked into their computer system. Who knows? But yeah. it's not okay. It could be, it could be Russian disinformation. Our last story. Maybe. Um, I can get it here. Of course not. Hold on. There we go. This is great. Mexican scam loans apps, uh, scam loan apps will edit your face onto X-rated photos and send them to your family. Um, company that's trying to get people, you know, borrow money. 
<laughs> they, what they'll do is uh-huh. they read the story. They, they take it. They, you, they, and they also ask you along with your social security and all your bills and all your, your history, they ask you for your phone, you know, your phone contacts. Now, listen, I don't care what I'm doing. If anybody asks me for my phone contacts, no, there's no, you know, I, I've been trying to hide those from my wife for years. So you're not getting them. Um, right. There's no way, but these people said, yeah, go ahead. So what does this company do? They take images from porn and they put your face on it. That's the thing. I don't, I, it can never happen to me. I can imagine them sending this to my wife. Your husband was in a porn with these women. You should have, and that looks at the dick go, that ain't my husband. if it is him please bring him back to me um you know you ever been in a scam yeah there's a lot of scam yeah my instagram page uh recently got hacked because i sent uh somebody sent me a link and said if you don't uh what was it they said you you violated community standards and you have copyright issues with music that you've posted and if you don't click this link right away, your account's going to be deleted. So of course, like a fucking dummy click and then boom, wiped out. So, um, and then I've had face, I've had my Facebook fan page deleted. I just got kicked off of Twitter recently for something I liked. Like I liked a, uh, a tweet that somebody posted, I think is what it was. And again, violation of community standards. And so it's like, it's all kind of going to shit, you know? And so I just take social media with a grain of salt <clears throat> because you can get hacked and scammed just like that without even knowing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I almost fell for that myself. I remember I took a few, like I got the thing for Facebook, like it sent me through Facebook through when I'm on Facebook, it sent me this thing. Like, you know, your, your, your account's being deleted unless you reply now and, and put up a case, right. whatever the fuck it was. So I went, I just got out of that. I didn't even read. I went back to the pages. I'm like, all my pages are fine. There's nothing, you know what I mean? I, I, before I reacted, but, but that shit can scare the shit out of you. He's like, fuck you. What are you talking about? And you press the damn button. Next thing you know, you know, you don't have, you don't have Instagram anymore. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I didn't yeah. have that, that many followers. I had like 13,000, which is, you know, whatever it is, what it is. But they also, ext- they were trying to extort me. They said, if you pay us $500, we'll get you your account back. And I was like, I don't negotiate with terrorists, but thank you. Yeah. Keep it. Meanwhile, keep the fucking, fucking, keep the page. Meanwhile, it's a 14 year old living in his, you know, you know, drinking a Slurpee as he's fucking people on the internet. Uh, well, there you go. That's all we have time for here on the wake up late with Dougie show. Hope you learned something today. <laughs> I hope you laugh. Hilarious. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, what's, what's next for you? What, 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 what uh, dates do you have coming up? Toward oh man, I'm going to be um, local shows this week. I'm going to do something here in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. At Patty's Irish Bar, nice. Thursday, uh, headlining it, and Saturday I'm going to be at the uh, the Flat in Greenville, South Carolina. Here, opening for Carlos Val- Valencia, local comic or traveling comic, would be fun. Then I'll be in Florida doing some shows in August. Tavolinos, we, we're only doing shows at Tavolinos quarterly now, only four a year. Oh, really? Um, which, yeah, which okay. you know, as the book, um, just because of all the COVID interruptions and everything, they said, you know what, let's just commit to doing these, and then if things get back, at least we're in a rhythm. We still have everything function, you know. Which I'm okay with. You well, know, send like, the owner, uh, send the owner my best. He's he was always always really nice to me. Absolutely, and uh, so that's going to be August 12th. I think we're going to be there, or August 10th on a Wednesday. Greg Hahn is the headliner. Uh, so go to go to Tada Production on Facebook. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen him, so I'm excited about this. And but how about you? What's coming up? He's a ball of energy. Yeah. Um, 
what do I have coming up? <clears throat> I am doing, well, I started my show uh, at Sea Legs in Huntington Beach, outside on the beach. We're revamping that, our comedy summer series, uh, every Friday. If you go to, um, just go to my Instagram, I'm at Ahmed Comedy, <clears throat> or just go to sealegsatthebeach.com. Uh, every Friday we have free comedy. Um, doing the Ontario Improv, August 10th. And then I have some tour dates coming up. Um, New Jersey, Bananas Comedy Club, August 26, 27, and Seattle coming up in like mid-September. Seattle, Seattle, what was it? Seattle Comedy Club, uh, September 16, 17. I'm doing Dallas, Fort Worth, Hyenas, uh, September 30th, October 1st. And that's it for now. There you go. Yeah. Uh, find out more dates by following Ahmed, Ahmed, comedian, on Instagram. You can follow me at Dougie. I'm at Ahmed Comedy. I'm at Ahmed Comedy on Instagram. Yeah, the other person, right. if you follow it, you'll, you'll get a ticking device mailed to your home. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, well, I thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. Love you, buddy. Been always thinking about you. And, Love you um, too, man. You got it. And stick around before we go. But uh, to everybody else, uh, don't forget, please uh, follow us. We need you guys to go to our subscribe to our YouTube channel for the Wake Up Late with Dougie show. We want to get enough people so we can customize our own url and all that shit and uh we are going to be making a transition the shows will be eventually posted on youtube and some of the clips and bits will be on the facebook fan page because uh, i don't want to have mark zuckerberg get any more of my money and uh, besides that uh like i said i'll be at in the patty's irish bar this thursday if you're in fayetteville north carolina and at the flat in greenville south carolina on saturday until next week everybody i'll have john DeResta on the show very funny comedian out of new york now in la uh stick stick to that be back with us and we'll be sure to attempt to make you laugh and forget all the other shit that's going on. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next time.